So this is the third of a multi-part series on living a focused life. And we began by looking at the word of God as revealed through God's word, which is the Bible. And we concluded that in order to live a focused life that is based on the guidance, instructions, and even warnings of God, because they are in there, we certainly must recognize the Bible as an authoritative revelation of truths about him. And last week, we looked at the Holy Spirit in its role as a helper, an advocate, an intercessor, the presence of God and the spirit of truth. And, and we concluded that living a life that is focused on the power of the life in the spirit. And we have two divine intercessors, right? We have one of them, Jesus Christ, who is in heaven at the right hand of God. And the other is very close to us, the spirit who dwells in us, the comforter sent from God who lives in our hearts. And this morning we're talking about the church. And by that I don't mean Golden Beach Community Church or first or second blah blah church of any town USA. I'm speaking of the church. We're speaking of the church, the body, a congregation of believers, as a brotherhood, a kinship relationship between the brothers and sisters in God's family, as a flock being led by the good shepherd. So we need to do a couple things and make sure we understand what church is not. Now, we are Golden Beach Community Church. We are a church. But when I'm talking about the church, the church, I want you to know it's not about a tradition or denomination. Most of the things that we've come to associate with church are not actually a part of the biblical definition of church. Not that they're bad, but they aren't a necessary component, right? And there are, but there are traditions that are inherently biblical, and they identify the presence of the church, Baptism is something that we do and it identifies a church and, and obedient living and calling to scripture as is communion. I will tell you church is not a self-help program, but it is where we come and with God's help, we get the help we need, right? It's not a program to be completed with a start and an end and, and, and all the wonderful steps. It's a journey and it's a lifestyle, Right? It's not a source of entertainment. Now, we can enjoy it and be entertained. It's a place to meet and engage and be engaged by worship. And I don't just mean the songs. I mean the prayer and everything. And that's why we're called a congregation, because we congregate, we gather, we assemble. It's not a lecture hall or a preaching center. It's not even a building. It is a house of prayer and a means of learning. And it should be treated as God's house. It's not a place to make ourselves comfortable. It's a place to find comfort. John Christensen said, when you take refuge in a church, do not seek shelter merely in the place, but in the spirit of that place. For the church is not wall and roof, but faith and life. It's not our church, it's God's church. It doesn't belong to us, we belong to it. Ephesians 1, to 23 says, and God placed all things under his feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way, speaking of Jesus Christ. What's wonderful is Jesus Christ loves the church. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. And he loves us as a part of it. But the church is not a temporary substitute for the kingdom. It's a place of refuge and revitalization, right? So we get our energy, our base camp, before we go out and do the work as we navigate a fallen world. I want you to listen to the familiar words of John 15. John 15, if you want to read along, these are Jesus' own words. You'll be familiar with them. It says, I am the vine, 
and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And he repeats again in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. And he goes on, but, but he goes on to say, you know, love each other. Love each other and stay connected. This passage speaks volumes to both the instruction and importance of both the individual and connected faith. Paul said the body of Christ is made up of individuals, not denominations, when he wrote, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. He says, we were all baptized into one body. The church is the body of Christ at work. We get to use our unique gifts to participate in a masterpiece. God orchestrating the salvation, redemption, and the restoration of the world. So I want to look at that verse in context. This is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 27. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one of the to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Right? Doesn't say equally, doesn't say identically, but to each one of us that makes up the church, special gifts are given, unique gifts. As I said, you are fully and uniquely equipped for the purpose God has for your life. And verse eight goes through a kind of a list of, of the different gifts and in, in, in contrast a little bit. But if we skip ahead to verse 12, it, it talks about unity and diversity in the body. Now, that almost seems like a, an oxymoron, right? Unity, but diversity. We have a common goal, a common purpose, but we're still diverse. Even in this congregation where we aren't diverse in a lot of the ways that the world would say there's diversity, we are still come here with unique experiences and history and everything else. So verse 12 picks up, says, just as a body, though one, has many parts. But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one parts, but many. And it goes on to talk about each part has its unique function. And you can't tell a part that it's something that it's not or do something it's not equipped to do. And it, and it goes through there from verses 15 through about 24. And I'll pick up 24. It says, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And he ends with this, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. It's a powerful organization to be a part of. Ordained, heavenly ordained by God and led by Jesus Christ. 
And I would say that it's our privilege and even responsibility to serve him in whatever capacity we are enabled. The, the church is also described as the bride. Ephesians 5, to 23, Paul writes, he says, the, the, the church is the bride of Christ. And that means we are cherished by Jesus Christ, right? Just the way a man cherishes his wife or should cherish his wife. And God, as I said, loves the church. He's full of adoration for church. Our privilege is to enjoy the light of God's salvation and our fellowship with each other. One of the commentaries I read said, just said, we Christians sure are lucky to have a bunch of misfits, friends, right? Aren't we? Isn't that what we bring? Our good, our bad, our just our, our, our true selves. And just as with the human body that God created, we have responsibility for its health and vitality. And just like the example that a healthy plant can't help but produce fruit, as we talked about this last week, you know, a, a healthy strawberry plant will make strawberries, and a, happy, a healthy apple tree will make apples. So just like that, and, and we also said a Holy Spirit dwelling within you can't help but produce the spiritual fruit that we talk about, right? Goodness, kindness, right? Forbearance, self-control. Can't help it. We don't strive for those things. It's just we can't help it when you have a, a healthy soul and the Holy Spirit living within us. And the same way the church made up of all of its healthy parts can't help but reveal its life to the world. You see, a healthy church is a growing church. And I don't just mean adding numbers to the pews, but adding numbers to the church, the growing body, right? We love this church or we wouldn't be here, but it may not be for everybody. But we know that there is a place for everybody to worship and they should be worshiping, connecting to God. Our goal is to get people connected with God, right? And if we're fortunate enough that, that we get them connected here, then, then that's great too. A healthy church will be a going church, right? Doers the word, intentional. We don't just stay here. A healthy church will be a glowing church. And this is, you know, remember the, the light. You don't put the light under a basket, right? You put it where it can be seen. And, and we are like a city on a hill. This church should be a beacon of light, of hope to the community. I think more often than not, there's a lady who walks her dog in the neighborhood and, and about the time we're, we're in the message part of the service, she'll walk up there and she'll just put her head down and put her hand across. I do not know who she is. I, I don't know that I want to know who she is, but that's such a powerful reminder to me of who Jesus is to her and what this church is to her as well. Even if she had never has or never will set foot in this church, this building has provided, this, this loving body of, of believers has provided that opportunity for a moment of reflection, however often that happens for her. And a healthy church will be a groaning church. And I'm stealing that word from last week's scripture about praying, a prayerful church. A healthy church is a praying church. See, God wants his church to be a vital, healthy, thriving church. And that's how we do it. And the book of Acts captures a story of the apostles as they, they work to share the good news and make disciples, essentially creating the church. Acts 2, 41 through 47 starts with these words. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. Now that's a powerful moment. These revival moments that you were talking about, Jesse, those, those you come in there and you get connected and, and big numbers get changed. But in a lot of ways, a lot of seeds are planted too. Even if you don't get the mass altar calls, seeds are being planted along the way. And we are to do that. Acts 2, 41 through 47 continues at verse 42. It's titled, The Fellowship of the Believers. 
It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Okay, Both are important. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Weren't we just amazed a little earlier in our prayer time about the way God has answered our prayers? Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Maybe we don't, but we have the important stuff in common, don't we? They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There is a model for how we are conduct our current congregations today, right? Devote ourselves to the teachings and to fellowship, this connectivity, to breaking bread, fellowship, and to prayer, right? To, to praying and to recognizing the power of prayer. And talk about they did it with glad and sincere hearts. They're engaged in the worship, praising God, right? Never stop giving thanks, enjoying the favor, and what is the product of that? The undeniable result he added to their numbers daily. Not because they were trying to grow the ex, you know, the second or third Christian church or whatever, whatever, but he's like, I'm trying to grow the church. I am trying to save my children. You know, the church is a family. Um, if you've given your life to Christ, if, if you want to see God change the world and if you follow him in obedience, you are part of his family. That's exciting news. You get to share in the love and care that our father offers and, and you get a whole bunch of new siblings and as crazy as it may be at times, their support and compassion is inexhaustible. We'll eat together, we'll pray together, we'll worship together and most importantly, we will share an eternity together. This is the brotherhood, the sisterhood that we're signing up for. And as I said, God's word is full of, of instructions and wisdom and even warnings. And there are some warnings about conflict. And, and I'm just going to throw out the verses. I'm not going to read them, but I'm going I'm to paraphrase them pretty loosely. Um, but we'll be talking about these in the coming weeks. Matthew 18, 15 through 20 talks about how to deal with um, struggles, interpersonal, but specifically in the church as well, right? If, if your brother or sister sins against you, it has a process to follow to restore and what to do, how you can restore that and what to happen if it can't. Romans 16, 7 through 18 gives warning about being aware of divisions and divisive people. In Galatians 6, 1 through 2, talks about catching someone in sin and, and lovingly restoring them, that there are appropriate ways to handle this. And 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 through 15 warns about idleness, right? And I don't mean idolatry, I mean idleness, that we are supposed to fervently pursue our faith and the commission that he's put before us. And this is why we're gonna spend some time after service this morning to, to pull out the, our church bylaws and our, our constitution and, and get familiar again with it, to focus again on the purpose and mission of this church. And it's not the church, Golden Beach, but Golden Beach's church as a part of the church established in Acts by God and Jesus Christ. John Calvin said, wherever we find the word of God purely preached and heard and the sacraments administered according to the institution of Christ, there it is not to be doubted as a church of God. For his promise can never deceive. And here's the words we know. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them.
That's what we're called to do. It should be so undeniable because the way the word is shared and heard and administered. And that's what we're going to talk about. God means for personal Christian growth to come through both individual and corporate means. I know corporate's kind of a cold term, but that's, that means when we gather together like this, right? You've got your individual prayer life. You've got your individual study life. But he also says, come together and let's pray, to, pray together and let's study together and let's build each other up. Like the verse that, that Terry read right, from Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day coming. Habits are, sometimes habits are easy to break and and new ones are easy to form. and, And I tell you what, you know, Sunday mornings, is the majority of the world enjoys their sleep and, and other things, but it's really important what we do here. And I'm not talking about we need to go to church, right? We need to go to church. We do need to go to church. But I'm talking about being an active part of the church, the vision, and the mission that was cast by Jesus Christ and the apostles. So I, I have a bit of an example about the individual and the corporate. You're probably familiar with this. This is the Apostles' Creed. And I'll just read it. It says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Now, we often use this at the time of a baptism, right? This is something that's written. This is actually not in the Bible, but it's something that, that is generally agreed to. It wasn't even written by the apostles, honestly. But it's a statement of faith, right? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and was buried, he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And I was point out the Holy Catholic Church there is speaking about the church universal again. Okay? Flip the slide. This is the Nicene Creed. And it's much longer, but, and, and I'll read it as well. It says, We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten to the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. We spoke about that last week. Begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Very similar, all address the Trinity, the core beliefs. But look, when I put that back up here, do you see the difference? We believe, we believe, we believe for us and our salvation. The Nicene Creed, I won't get too much in the history of this thing, but many of the churches in, okay, I'm going to mess up the word, but it was Nicene Constantinople. Anybody? Thank you. Um, Got together and they needed to refocus on, on what we're talking about doing, which is getting back to the core beliefs of the Bible and what it is as an authority in our life. And they said, we need a uniting statement 
This is what we believe. And so I think both the Apostles' Creed, which says, I as an individual believe, I believe in all these things. But I think times like this, or when we play the Lord's Prayer together as a congregation, we believe. It's for our sake, right? This is that unifying message that this is, there are a lot of things that separate us, that, that um, divide us, that, are, that we have differences. But the things that are similar, the things that unite us are the very important things. And so think about that and maybe look these up. And, and these are good things to read. There's, you know, one might be at the time of baptism and the other one might be read at the time of, of communion or at the time of um, membership to the church. You know, go ahead and flip that slide. So as I kind of conclude this, we're talking about a series of a focused life. A focused life focused on the word is, is about reading a little more, understanding a little deeper and applying it, right? Uh, the, the Holy Spirit is, is relying on it as the helper, the intercessor, the one that gives us those words and those promptings. And, and a focused life on the church, what does it look like? It's not about being here every Sunday morning for an hour and 15 minutes in this room. It is being a united and integral part of the family, honoring the parent, right? Honoring the parent, respecting the brothers and sisters, and joyfully be individually involved in what I would just call the family business, right? Of making disciples, of healing a broken world by connecting people into a relationship with Jesus Christ and asking the Holy Spirit partner us and do it. That is a life focused on the church. It's more than just being here It's about being all in on the business. Let's make that our prayer. Heavenly Father, you call us to many things, but you also call us a very few. Child, Lord, we know that we live in a fallen world, and Lord, we know we do our parts to to bring about the suffering and the divisiveness and, and some of that. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us a pathway to salvation. Lord, we thank you that, that we know that we can come to you with a repentant heart. We can turn our, from our ways and turn to you and say, Lord, I am sorry for what I've done. Help me, restore me. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the grace and mercy of the cross. We thank you for the establishment of the church. This universal body of believers seeking after this mission that you put us all on. But we also thank you for this local church, this place that we gather on Sunday mornings and, and various times throughout the month for study and for fellowship and to, to do outreach and community service. And Lord, as we prepare to have a business meeting this afternoon, as we refocus ourselves on what Golden Beach Community Church means and how it fits into the church as modeled and instructed by you, Lord, put upon our hearts, just like you did with our time of offering, what it is you would have us to commit to individually, and also what you'd have us to commit to as a congregation to make the world just a little more like the kingdom that you have in store for us. Lord, we know that this is not a temporary substitute for what's to come, but it is the tool that that we are going to use, and you're going to use, and you're going to use us to help everyone get there. We thank you for being allowing us to be a part of that mission. May all we do glorify you. May you bring peace and and blessings upon all those who hear this message. And Lord, may we be changed for it. May be inspired to do a little more, a little different, go a little further, have a little more faith, be a little more involved. 
put that on our hearts. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.